We acknowledge the First Nations people as the traditional custodians of the land we are on today. We acknowledge and pay respect to all elders, past, present and emerging. The Now in the Future podcast is an exciting way of sharing members' stories of opportunities, challenges and provide support and expert advice for Down Syndrome community. Down Syndrome Queensland's vision is to support, advocate for empower people with Down Syndrome to take their rightful places as valuable and contributing members of their community both now into the future. In this episode of the Now in the Future podcast, we'll be talking about the Royal Commission into violence, abuse, neglect and exploitation of people with disability. The Royal Commission was established in April 2019 in response to the many reports of people with disability being subjected to violence, abuse, neglect and exploitation, both now and in the past. A crucial part of this inquiry involves the collection of research, public hearings and most importantly, hearing of people's personal experiences gathered through private submissions and other forums. My name is Isabel and I'm the Community Support Officer here at Down Syndrome Queensland. I am joined by my colleague, Yuka, who is the Youth and Adult Officer. We are also joined by Ricky and Linda from the Disability Royal Commission Advocacy Team from Speaking Up For You, who we will refer to in this podcast as Sufi. They are here to talk to us about their role in assisting people make submissions to the Royal Commission. Welcome, Ricky and Linda, to our podcast today. It's great to have you join us. Yeah, thank you. It's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you for having us. Now, I was thinking that we could start by explaining to our listeners what the Disability Royal Commission is. Okay, so the Disability Royal Commission was established in 2019, and it was uh, set up as a bipartisan uh, project, which you know is always good when you get both sides of politics agreeing to it. Um, it was established to investigate violence, abuse, neglect, and exploitation of people with disabilities in Australia. Uh, so, for a long time, we were aware, anecdotally, that all of those four different categories, you know, were occurring for people with disabilities, but there'd never really been a formal investigation into it. And there'd never been recommendations to government on how uh, to address that, how to prevent it in the future. So it was really, you know, a once in a lifetime opportunity for people with disabilities to be able to tell their stories and to be officially listened to by people who are going to act on those stories in the longer term by making those recommendations to government. Fantastic. Thank you. And like you say, Ricky, I think it's um, a wonderful opportunity, particularly when we know that people with disabilities are, you know, the most vulnerable when it comes to those areas um, and, um, you know, for them to be able to have an opportunity to, to have their say. Um, and we just wanted to um, ask what role, you know, SUPI plays as part of that Disability Royal Commission. Sure. So uh, SUFI, or Speaking Up For You, um, as the acronym stands for, uh, is an advocacy organisation 
We specialise in individual advocacy, but we have been funded by the federal government to assist people in making submissions to the Disability Royal Commission, and we'll talk a bit later about the various ways that you can do that. In terms of how we assist, um, we recognise that it's a rather complex exercise uh, in, in terms of the effect, the impact that it has when somebody uh, articulates their story, and often for the first time, um, it can be rather traumatic for them. Uh, and so, you know, we assist not only with providing support as they do that at a personal level, but by providing referrals to appropriate counselling services and to advocacy services uh, where that's appropriate as well. We stand beside people as they, you know, write their story, record their story, uh, tell their story in what we call a private session, that's one-on-one -on -one with a commissioner from the Disability Royal Commission, where they're every step of the way. Um, and that's that's pretty much what we do. And, you know, maybe Linda would like to have some input here because I know that she has worked with people who have been very heavily impacted by this process. But in having said that, it's such a worthwhile process because, as I mentioned before, um, it's a once-in-a-lifetime once opportunity for people to be able to do this. Uh, so... We really encourage people to come forward and, as I say, we'll be there with you every step of the way. So, you know, I'll hand over to Linda in case she would like to add something there. Thanks, Ricky. Yeah, all of the above, everything you said, but also I think it's important to let people know that our role, Sufi's role in um, supporting people around um, the DRC is what we're doing here, letting people know what the DRC is, letting people, um, informing people about the ways they can make a submission. And a big part of our role is supporting people to make the decision whether they want to or not. People can connect with us and we can give them information and they can say, do you know what, I don't, don't think that's really for me. Or I'm actually in crisis at the moment. Um, yes, I wouldn't mind doing a story, but at the moment... I just, I just can't. So whilst everything Ricky said is is very important part of our role, I view equally as important that decision, supported decision-making around, do I want to do this right now? And what are the costs to me going to be? Not that there's any financial cost, of course, but emotional cost or time cost or you know, we support people to go through that whole process as well. And this is the other part of our job is letting people know um, how long the commission runs for. So they've had a couple of extensions because of COVID um, when they've had no face-to-face. -face. Um, but now it's ending in um, 2023, but we've only got till the end of June to make a... Um, application for a private session and all written submissions and private sessions have to be done by the end of December this year. Yeah, that's right. And just to clarify regarding the private sessions, it doesn't mean that the private sessions as such will end in June. What that means is that if you want a private session, um, the registration needs to be in by the 30th of June. So they'll continue to conduct private sessions probably for another 12 months afterwards, I imagine. Uh, but 
there is a, a high demand for private sessions. And so that's why they put the, the cap on uh, the registration period. That's great. Thank you, guys. Now, our understanding is that Sufi assists people living in a particular area to make private submissions to the Royal Commission. Linda, I know this is a bit of a tricky one, but can you explain to us what area Sufi helps with? Yes, it is very tricky. And I think the easiest thing for people really, if they're wanting to make a submission, is to get onto us and say, Am I, you know, I'm in this area, am I in your area? And then if people aren't in our area, um, the intake officer can actually link them in with um, an organisation in their area. Um, but sweeping statement-wise, we um, cover Brisbane, Moreton Bay and the and in Brisbane, uh, the Redlands uh, is covered in that. It's probably best if people are wondering to get on to us and then if they're not in our area, we can link them in with, with whoever in their area is funded to take submissions. And, yeah, to, to get on to us, um, you, you can just, people can write to Sufi at Sufi, S-U-F-Y at S-U-F-Y dot org dot A-U, and they can just make an inquiry. Yeah, our phone number also uh, is three two double five one two double four. That's the office number, and that will get you through to either Chelsea or Amy. They're our admin and intake people, and um, yeah, they'll be able to provide advice on whether you fit into that geographical uh, area. That's great, and we'll put the contact details for Sufi in the show notes for this episode. Now, in what format can people make a submission to the Disability Royal Commission? Well, this is one of the beauties about the way that the process works is that you can choose pretty much any format you like. So we can assist people to do a written submission. We can do a video or an audio interview. Uh, people have actually put together theatrical productions that tell their story. Um, that might be perhaps a little beyond this, but, you know, that gives you an idea of how flexible the Commission are in terms of receiving stories in various formats. It, it really is about what is easiest for the person, what's the easiest way to convey the information and the story they need to tell. So, yep, we're, you know, very happy to assist people to do whatever it is they need to do. We, we make jokes about, about interpretive dance, but, you know, that, that, <laughs> <laughs> that may even be a possibility. You never know. Yeah, so, you know, very flexible. And, um, yeah, we'll work with people uh, who request assistance to come up with the, uh, the format that suits them best. Something that's really, really important for people to be aware of is that we're not talking about a 300-page academic article here. When I was at school... Um, I wasn't included in classes. This happened to me. It made me feel really awful. Um, I think what needs to happen is this, for kids to feel more included in education. Um, it doesn't have to be spelt perfectly. It doesn't have to be paragraphed. It doesn't have to be written 
academically. They, I think they actually don't want that. They want to hear the voice of the person. Um, so it's really important to remember that this doesn't have to be a huge big thing. They just need to know what people's experience is um, and what they're really keen to hear is recommendations um, because they can't know, no one can know anything, no one can know what the experience of the person having the experience was. You know, that's why they so badly need to hear from the people themselves who've had these experiences. We can sit here and think, oh, it must be awful in that situation for that person, but we can't know. And this is why we're saying to people that if you've had a bad experience, you might think, oh, no, it was only, that was only little. It was only a little thing. It didn't really matter. Yes, it made me feel really awful, but it didn't really matter. If the commission doesn't hear about it, how can they know? And if it's happened to you, chances are it's happened to a lot of other people. Yeah, but uh, just to elaborate a bit on recommendations, uh, like I said before, the role of the Commission is to make recommendations to the federal government. However, they're not making recommendations based on their interpretation. They're asking for people telling their stories to make recommendations. And so what we tend to do is assist people to formulate recommendations because you know, I know it's happened for me where I'll, I'll ask somebody, what do you think could have been done differently to prevent that from happening? And it's sort of it really throws them and they can't really give me an answer straight away. Um, some people are very clear but other people need some time to think about that and that's okay. Um, so I can, I have actually uh, come up with a draft recommendation. I'll read it out to the person or send it to them and they'll say, yeah, that sounds good. Or they'll, you know, they might want to word it differently or something else included that I haven't thought of. So, I figure my job uh, as a DRC advocate is to really develop a good understanding of the story that the person is telling me. Think about the recommendations. Ask them if they've got recommendations, but I'll come up with some as well so that we can present to the commission the recommendations that people themselves are making so that it's not recommendations being made by you know removed faceless people it's recommendations that are coming from the ground up and that's what's really important uh because the recommendations are, you know they're based on the evidence and that evidence is the stories that people are telling and what they feel should be done differently to prevent these sorts of things from happening again Making a submission or talking to the Royal Commission isn't going to be able to change anything that's actually happening to you now and there's not going to be any ability to get compensation or um, anyone charged or anything because of what's happened to you. It's about these recommendations. It's about informing practice or um, informing people of the types of things that the types of experiences people are having so that they can put
put things in place to to change that. So I just think it's really important that people understand that this isn't a way of um, getting compensation for something that's happened or or having someone, you know, uh, have it actually their case looked into. I think another thing that's really important that we do tell, spend a lot of time telling people is that your story is your story. You don't have to prove anything. A lot of people say, I'll send you these emails, I'll send you this, I'll send you that, and we say, you can if you want, that's fine, and we can send it in. But you're not here to prove yourself. Mm. You, this is the one time for a lot of people where they're believed. You're believed. If you come and tell us this is what happened to you, we believe you. As the DRC no longer does face-to-face meetings for private submissions, what challenges have you faced and how do you support people using online tools rather than going into an office? We uh, have you know, come to realise that there are some people who don't feel comfortable doing video conferences. They really need that face-to-face interaction. Um, however, unfortunately, due to uh, COVID, the ongoing impacts of that, the Commission had said that except for under exceptional circumstances, um, that they're not doing face-to-face sessions anymore. What we can do um, to provide some support for people who feel a bit worried about doing a video conference is that we can uh, have the person come into the office or we can visit their home and we can be with them while we're doing that video conference. Um, Or... We can, as I say, under exceptional circumstances, negotiate with the Commission uh, to, you know, come up with a way that it can be done face-to-face, but it's not standard practice these days. So the next question, um, which you have sort of both touched on a little bit, was um, can you explain to us what legal implications people should consider when making a private submission? And does SUFI provide legal advice if people are worried about what implications their submission um, will have on their lives? Yeah, sure. So uh, just to be uh, clear, uh, and we should probably address this point first, SUFI doesn't provide legal advice uh, in itself. So what we do uh, typically prior to a private session or prior to uh, sending a written submission in, um, we will contact uh, an organisation called Your Story. Your Story is actually a branch of legal aid. Um, It's just that it's a a special branch that is uh, dedicated to matters relating to the DRC. Um, So it's very informal, really. We make an appointment again. uh, It's usually a phone appointment um, or an online appointment with uh, a representative from your story. We send in the submission or at least the content of the the submission that's going to be covered. Uh, And it's really a safeguard. So it's it's a, you know, it's not something to be intimidated by. Uh, You don't have this, you know, high power lawyer in your face, uh, you know, trying to grill you sort of thing. It's not like that. They're they're friendly people. they, you know, will give you advice about, for example, do you include the name of a particular person or a service provider uh, in the submission or do you de-identify that? Um, so, for example, I did one for one of our individual advocates uh, a while ago and 
the advice we got was totally de-identify even the organisation that this is coming from. Um, that way there is absolutely no chance that, you know, it would ever be found out by the government agency that this submission concerned that, you know, we had done a submission about, you know, the person that they were uh, supporting. Um, so, you know, it, it's that sort of information and advice that you receive from your story. Um, having said that, we should also discuss the provisions of the legislation, which were amended oh, about six months ago now. And that is that prior to the amendment, um, the information and submissions were covered by a confidentiality clause for the duration of the, of the uh Disability Royal Commission. That has now been extended uh, to 99 years, and that's for everyone. It used to be that you did a private session, um, and if you, if you did that, that private session, the content of that session would be uh, protected for 99 years, but that's been extended now to cover all submissions. So that's really good news. And there were a lot of people who were concerned about the implications um, of their submissions being available after the, the Disability Royal Commission had ended, but that has now been addressed, so that's really good news. And I guess that's a bit more reassurance, isn't it, to the person with a disability in terms of coming forward and sharing their story. I think one of the hesitations is, you know, what implications is this going to have on, you know, the support that I need or, you know, my safety and things like that. So I guess that is, um, like you guys mentioned, that reassurance to that person to know that they can come forward and safely share their story. So just to reiterate, what are the timeframes that people have left in order to get the assistance from SUPI um, to make a submission to the Disability Royal Commission? Yeah, okay. So private sessions, as we mentioned, the registration for that needs to be done by June 30. So we're running out of time for that. So it's best to contact the office of, of SUPI uh, and talk to the uh, intake team uh, and they will then make a referral to our team, the uh, DRC advocacy team. We have referral meetings weekly. So, you know, um, if somebody says, look, I want to register for a private session, I want some assistance to do that, you know, I'm sure we would make that a priority. The other way it can be done, of course, is to jump onto the website and do the registration through that or to contact the Disability Royal Commission directly. The submissions have to be done by the 30th of December, 31st of December. That's right, the written submissions, yes. Or the, you know, videos, etc. The ones that aren't being done through private sessions, basically. Great. And we'll put the details in the show notes of the Disability Royal Commission website. People would like to do that by themselves. Making a submission to the Disability Royal Commission can bring up some emotional experiences. Does the Commission offer any assistance for those who are struggling? The DRC recognises that this process in itself can be very triggering and highly traumatic and we have noticed that all the people that, that have made it, well, I have, all the people I have supported to make a submission have, have been triggered um, and it is difficult for them and the Commission recognises and appreciates that. Um, so they have given access to free counselling. So even if you're just 
contemplating making a submission and just thinking about it triggers you. You are able to access counselling through Blue Knot or MICA. And is it all right if I just to ask an off-the-cuff question as well? I guess, um, you know, a lot of our, you know, people with Down syndrome might require support maybe in terms of, you know, even just their everyday lives. Do you find that the people who do come forward and um, want to, you know, tell their story, do you find that, you know, people do choose to bring um, a support person that they trust or is it something that you guys can provide in terms of that person if they wanted to come, you know, alone, if it's something that you guys can provide that support around being able for them to tell their story? Um, I have had a couple of people who've had support workers present um, and that's of their own choosing while we've been there. Um, that's essentially our role is to provide that that support um, you know, through, throughout that process. So, you know, if people, once they've been through the intake and referral process, we make contact with them, get the paperwork done, and then, you know, they're able to contact us as need be. Um, while we're not a counselling service per se, um, certainly Linda and I have social work degrees and uh, the other three members in our team have very diverse backgrounds and also lived experience. Um, so, you know, any one of us, um, you know, are capable of providing that that support. Um, and, of course, we always welcome somebody to bring, you know, an extra person. If that's who they feel comfortable with, that's, that's absolutely fine. Um, so it's whatever makes the person comfortable. Um, one of the stories that Linda tells, and, um, yeah, I should probably let you tell it, really, is one person who wanted to do a private session wanted to have their dog in the session, and that was totally acceptable. So, you know, we're, we're as flexible as we possibly can be around those support needs. So are the DRC. They're very, very open, and when it, came, when it was a face-to-face sessions, you know, they'd provide taxi vouchers for people to get in there if they needed it, parking vouchers. Um, and and um, we also will, whatever works for people, if it's more comfortable for people to meet us in their home, we'll do that. Normally when we're meeting someone for the first time, two of us will go. Um, if people would prefer to meet in a park, we do that. If they prefer phone, face, whatever. And, and our little motto, I don't know, sort of my little motto, I don't know, um, Ricky, but I've heard Kelly say it and, and I like it. It's whatever it takes. Yep, that's right. We do whatever it takes. Yep. Do you feel that people find telling their story to the Royal Commission to be a worthwhile experience? I would have to say that, you know, um, the people that I've worked with have felt, have felt that it was very worthwhile telling their story. You know, they, I feel like it's going to contribute to a better future uh, and that the recommendations that will be made will be really based on the evidence from the grassroots. And I think that's what's so important, so powerful about this uh, Disability Royal Commission. This episode concludes Season 3 of the Now and the Future podcast by Down Syndrome Queensland. We would like to take this opportunity to thank everyone who has been involved in this production 
particularly our producer Justin Rulon from Bridge Media. We look forward to releasing Season 4 of the Now and the Future podcast on the 21st of July 2022, where we'll be discussing a continuing range of topics relating to the Down Syndrome community. In the meantime, if you would like to hear any episodes from previous seasons or more information on any subject relating to Down Syndrome, visit our website www.downsyndrome.org.au forward slash Queensland. That's www.downsyndrome.org.au forward slash QLD. You have been listening to the Now and the Future podcast. For more information about this episode and many other topics related to Down syndrome, please visit the Down syndrome Queensland website at downsyndrome.org.au slash QRD. Down syndrome Queensland, supporting people with Down syndrome now and into the future.